Hello, welcome to Flow with Flow, a new podcast all about contemporary dance. I'm in training and I thought a podcast would be a really good excuse to chat some leading choreographers, performers and everybody in between. I'm now going to pass over to Flow in the studio, which is also known as my bedroom floor. the podcast just before we get into it I want to say that because me Sula and Roz had so much to talk about I've decided to make today into a two-parter however I have published them both at the exact same time so when you're done you can hop over straight to part two but for now I hope you enjoy part one of my conversation with the beautiful tough boys collective hey how are you yeah good how are you I'm good, thank you. Hey, what are you guys up to? Actually, we've been so unbelievably busy for the last, like, two weeks, or actually a couple of weeks, especially yeah. in the last two weeks. So this is sort of our first day or a couple of, like, days off. So, yeah, yeah. like, not... So we're not doing much. That's so nice. But you've been um, given the opportunity for as young associates. Yes. So exciting. You must be buzzing. So exciting. And... Um, We've also known about it for so long. Um, like we found out about it in December, and so we've like been keeping it a secret. Right. People have been asking us for months, and we've just been having to hide it. But also, a lot of people have sort of figured it out by process of elimination. Like the other people were in the process who didn't get it were kind of say to people, "Oh, you know, I didn't get it." So people kind of worked out by speaking to other people that we had got it. So a lot of people were asking us full well knowing we had it and we had yeah. to lie to them so it's been really awkward but it's the best lie you could you could have to keep because yeah, that's true fun. that's what i think so do you want to give an introduction where you trained that sort of thing so we both trained at labin that's where we met yeah we both started training at labin in 2018 and then did the degree together and um, we weren't really in the same classes um I also, I had done some dance, like I'd done some dance training before, mainly ballet and then some hip hop. So coming to Labin was like a new style for me. I hadn't done a lot of contemporary. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sula's from Edinburgh and I'm from Glasgow as well. Um, yeah, I went to Labin in 2018. I didn't go straight from school. I trained at... Um, Dance Studio Scotland, which is in Glasgow, for three years before I went to Labin. So I, um, but that was at at the HND, which is like one year under a degree. So like you would do a one year top up, um, and it was this dance artistry was the course rather than sp- like specifically contemporary. So I did like basically all styles, but I actually specialised in jazz when I was there, and then when I auditioned for London schools. I auditioned for lots of different options and then I decided to specialise in contemporary when I moved to London. Nice, so you've done quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I when I was 18, when I was auditioning for, I didn't know that London schools even existed. Like, I'm from the most small-towniest small town of all small towns. 
I went to obviously it was in high school and there was one girl that went to dance college from my school and so then I just followed her and then got to dance college and then there was someone some of the fourth years because there's four years I did three years though and then some of the fourth years were moving to London so I just like followed the people ahead of me but there was no like I did not know anything about doing a BA or any of that until I was 21 which was when I started the BA. Well, I mean, it's definitely worked out quite well for you. So, <laughs> yeah, I've just taken our end of it, route. Moving to London, I, I really want to move to London, but it seems like quite a big sort of shift. I think, especially if you haven't trained there, it's like such a big, big world. Yeah. Yeah. Quite intimidating. It it really it really is intimidating. Oh, it's it's a funny one because because it's such a big city. It, it doesn't like live as a really big place it goes into what's it what is that called like when when cities are made up of lots of small places like we live in the southeast um, yeah and so we kind of navigate the southeast like we are like in the southeast dancing all the southeast studios like the hackney studios the stratford studios like london is a big big scary place but you can find your little village it's a big scary place but equally it's just got so much going on I think it's worth the fear a little bit. You have these like wild moments where you're in London and then you do something. Um, I can remember vividly we had this moment. Um, Wayne McGregor Studios does free studio space, right? And we were just so you literally just on a Wednesday they just put out the studios that are empty and free. So we were we were in them and it's like the wildest place. It's the wildest place and it's like yeah, it's wild. And then um, like we were there and we were just rehearsing and being stupid and whatever. And then we were like. We're in Wayne McGregor Studios yeah. right now. Like, we're in the McGregor Studios right now by ourselves as well. Not in an audition, not like, and then I was like, this is because we live in London. Like, you know, like I had this moment like this because it's also we're there for, it was about a half an hour from our house. Like, it just was a really, like, sort of, like, it's just quite a difficult place to live. And sometimes I feel myself questioning, like, why would I live here when there's so many. Good dance scenes as well. Great dance scenes. places, cheaper. Like, and then you have moments like that, like, okay, that's why you live in London. Yeah, it was interesting. I spoke to someone that goes to the place recently and I was saying, they're coming to Verve, and I was saying, you know, like, it's a big dance scene in Leeds. It probably hasn't got the same opportunities, but there's a huge dance scene, lots of nice people. It's quite cheap. And they were sort of explaining to me that in London, there's a bit of a vibe that, like, London is the only place that can give you those opportunities. Yeah, totally. Like, there is loads of opportunities. I think that actually, when it comes down to big dance jobs, right, there are only so many. Like, there are only so many. There's going to be six dancers that are contracted for 10 months. Like, it's not It's not actually, like, whether you're from Leeds, Manchester, Glasgow, Dundee, like, there's those jobs. Scottish Dance Theatre are not booking people because they're from Scotland. Like, the jobs are the jobs, right? Yeah. With London, I think, and I obviously can't speak on behalf of other places other than Glasgow, but with London, it's the, like, smaller things yeah. that are bigger. So, for example, one of our friends, Julian, does a night called Action Lab, which is, like, um, you go in lab, right? That night, like, if that was somewhere else, it would maybe be smaller. It's like there's so many people there. And, like, like the networking, but then things like Robert Playground happens, what, once a month? Yeah. And, yeah, it's, like, not necessarily the big jobs. 
like we rich band slang yeah there's some like art like literally maybe five minutes walk away from our house there's like um, live art club which is like a night once a month which is performance art which is tiny free to perform at like it's more that actually that's that's here with you it's free classes stuff like that that's really interesting i do think that like i mean that's sort of why i want to move to london i think there's just so much going on i guess the fear is that you don't you don't know people so it's hard to get in on the scene it does seem very scary when you're from outside but and like you say actually i was looking at um MAs in London and there's really not much no there's not much there's not many I mean there's basically no full-time jobs in the industry at all but like especially in London like or especially for newly graduates as well I mean there's just there's not much stability in London but there's so much art yeah I think especially in the first few years probably and I imagine this is probably anywhere but the first few years of graduating as a dance artists like there's not a lot of stability anyway and that's kind of something that I'm like holding on to is that if you want to pursue dance as a career there isn't going to be a lot of stability so kind of like yeah you just have to grapple with that don't you like like networking and stuff it's also like it can be so intimidating to be like and then it we're at Labin or we're at the place or we're at Northern and, and then we graduate and it's like whoever networks the hardest is the one that gets the gig. Like, it, like I, th- I think, I know that I struggle with that and I don't, like, I find networking to be really intimidating. So it's also, like, I think just being in spaces and being present and, like, engaged rather than actually seeking out people who are going to benefit you so I know, for example, with me, one of the, I've, I've had a, like a few dance jobs, one of them that was a one-off that was quite well paid came from just my vibe in the class. I didn't actually talk to that person. Then they reached out to me and just, it was a very casual thing, but they were like, hey, like I've seen you around, like um, I've got this gig, do you want to do you want to be in it? And, and then I was like, yeah, you know, it wasn't like, I know who to talk to and I'll talk to their manager and it's like, not actually about that it's about like yeah your vibe and listening to teacher and kind of being engaged yeah some advice i would give to like emerging dance artists is that you don't need to be doing the most you don't need to be necessarily in the room being the loudest just be in the room over and over again if you like a choreographer go to their class as many times as you can you know i mean you don't actually need to go up and Sort of them and no yourself to them. If if you go and you're good and they like you, then you get booked. Also, it's the long game as well because that's easy to say, but then classes are seventeen pound a pot. Yeah. So the reality of being able like there's some choreographers that everyone wants to be in the room and the classes are seventeen pounds. We all know the tea. Like that's the tea, and so then it becomes whoever's the richest gets yeah. the job because if you're in the room a million times, whether you're the best, worst, or other, you've been seen. And then it's like, I know that like, I, for example, there was a set of classes, there were 17 pounds and I didn't go to a single one of them. And then I was like, but then they were 17 pounds. So it's like, also know that it's just the long game, like be where you can be. And then like, you know, go to, go to like, go to the classes that you want to go to or go to the training programs that you want to go to or go to the shows that you want to go to. And the one you can go to, I guess, as well. Can go to and engage and work out the ones that you want to and the ones that you want to for ego as well some of them it's like you want to go to classes you know you'll be good in the class or you want to go to a show because you know it'll be a networking event 
Well, so I think choreographers are people, you know, your choreographers, you can tell when someone's just talking to you because it gives them an ego boost. That doesn't make you like want to work with someone. No, that's been quite an interesting development for us recently. Like we've obviously, we sort of became a collective for our first project in 2021. Yeah, like March of 2021. And so we have been working for a wee while now, but we've not a lot of people have known about us for a very long time. And then over the last six months, I would say we've started to gain some traction and then Sadler's has really helped with that. And it's been quite interesting to suddenly sort of be perceived in a position of power, which we don't feel like we are. They also just aren't. We're not. But I mean, also though, it was funny when we were in a position of power slightly, but we were incognito because we like knew we were finalists and we knew that we were in the run, like strongly in the running to get get the gig. But other people didn't know that about us, so they're sort of brushing us off. How did you end up getting a comp ticket? Did it end where? Oh, I have an idea. Like totally, but like we were like, little did you know that you're coming up to me saying, "How did you get a comp ticket?" And then I'm thinking, well. And also you see them in the audition. Well, exactly. And then straight away after, oh my God, I'm so happy for you. So, it, it, oh my God, yeah. I actually need to have to cut this out, but I know. <laughs> so when you left Larbon, what was the actual process? Because obviously like you've got here and you made um, Tough Boys in Larbon and it's very unstable, living in London, really difficult, I would imagine. So like, what was that? Were you working other jobs? Like, how did it happen? We still do all both work multiple jobs um, because, like, yeah, you kind of have to. Um, I know when, so when I graduated, um, it was also honestly really daunting because neither of us did postgrads. And there's a wild, wild vibe in third year of like, where are you going? Who's going where? Who's getting the PPSs? Ah, and so we were both like, kind of graduated, like, well, well, <laughs> like, what do you do if you didn't do a postgrad? So, um eh, so both of us actually there was like a, just a call out for you know avant-garde dance company which i came with to teach you there was a really casual instagram infographic call out for um for their for their like development program called avant-garde and so we both separately applied for it and then started training with them in september basically which was so it was once a week on us Saturday after I started Saturday evening and it was mainly hip-hop training and so yeah we we both did that for a while started working yeah we've been we've had plenty of random jobs still teach kids regularly and then we both sort of teach when when it comes up and yeah it's just been a, a lot a lot of random shift work alongside I mean how do you find time you know, because like people talk about, you know, you've got to work jobs on the side and obviously it's London, not all of us are millionaires, but like, you do, um, I've got to work a job, create a collective, find studios, get part of Sadler's, like, yeah, I think it's number one, it's like really difficult and we've I think done this pretty well is to have a part-time job right and enjoy it and put effort into it but not get sucked into it I know for me like when I was working when like where I work I have to keep reiterating to them and to myself that it's casual 
even if I have nothing else on, I'm like, this is casual because my goal is to is to be working as a dancer. Now, there's also a conundrum, dancing for free. Yes. But we, mm. when we rehearsed for Tough Boys, when we started making Tough Boys, I, I, I can't stress this enough. No one was asking us to. No one wanted us to. No one cared. We got 10 likes on Instagram, like, I was laughing yesterday because I was looking at one of the applications that we did and it was for like £300 and um, we got denied. Like, it, it just like, no one's asking to do it. And so basically we messaged every every single man, woman and child about space. This is what I was going to say. Asking people for what you need is like one of the best things that we did. Because also I, I used to find this when I was in school, find this advice really daunting. I just ask people about things and I'm always like, Ask who about what. So, for example, you'd been in a rehearsal with someone else in this place called Ample Space. Yes. And we were like, okay, so it's like £15 an hour. It's like pretty, it's like medium range, right? It's like pretty expensive but not cheap. But they seem nice. Mm -hmm. So we'll email them. Okay, we went to Laban and we have an email address for Laban. Okay, we'll email them. We go to this club, like, on the weekends and we know that they've got space during the week and that the club downstairs doesn't open during the week. We'll email them. Like, and they're saying, hey... Also being completely honest and saying, hey, we're a young collective, we're making queer art and we don't have enough money to make studio space. We can offer any in-kind, so we're happy to offer open class on behalf of your and on behalf of your um, establishment. We're happy to give talks, we're happy to be involved in any performances. Um, and then through that, honestly, would you say about 70% of people came back offering us space? Like, people wanted to give it. And so we ended up actually with kind of a fair amount of space not the safest space but no like you know like for example this cafe called Avalon Cafe which is in Bermondsey which is just across along the road they've got a space which is where the club is so they've got like the cafe and then they've got like you know just a flat surface space and they were like please come in but now it wasn't the safest place we also didn't we should have just worn knee pads and things like that yeah safest flat. as in it was concrete flooring it's not a studio in any way it's um it's like a concrete room but we did need, but, we'd also did need space. I mean, we'd like rehearsing our ideas. We'd been rehearsing at the church across the road from, we literally, just out this window, there's like a big church. And we um, would rehearse on like the, there's like a big concrete sort of platform. platform. So we were rehearsing there at first because we literally just didn't know, we didn't have anywhere else to rehearse. Um, And so then we've sort of had this little journey of like started out and we had like a rehearsal broom. Um, we bought it from just one of the shops on the high street so we could like sweep all the leaves away um, before rehearsals, which is quite sweet now. But we did that and then moved into sort of cafes and clubs rehearsed in the basements, which it was free. And, and it, we made it works and we performed them. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah. Because then we would then make deals with the places that we were working and then we would perform for them. So then it would like be a sort of cyclical thing, you know, like then... And then we would perform and then we would meet people and then they would have other nights. And then we started sort of performing, yeah, in multiple different places. It's really interesting. Like, there seems to be such a thin line in contemporary dance. I've been working at Northern. We make festival called Flockfest. So, yes, yeah. yeah, create a festival. And obviously, also, I'm starting this podcast. So it's like, this is the first time I've really had to speak to other artists and understand how that all works and, like, understanding 
where, what's respectful and what isn't because like for Flockfest we're not given a big budget we can't offer lots of money and it's like learning how to go about that without asking people to work for free because like I don't think in this industry we should be working for free but also the industry doesn't have any money and even like people say said to me you know just network network and obviously that's like what do you mean like what is like email people I don't have that email and then I was like I start doing this and I was like you know what I'm just gonna dm people dm people I'm interested in and see what happens and like you said, it's like incredible how many people responded. I really thought like I'm a second year, everyone's you know, it's not it's not like a paid opportunity, but so many people have got back to me and it's like you start to figure out what networking is and what it actually means. And like I think also it's interesting that you said just speak to people you're interested in because at first I was like, maybe I'll, you know, email people that other people might want to hear from and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna sound boring. I'm gonna be a, you know, I'm not gonna be able to actually make it an interesting conversation so I was like I'm just going to speak to people that I genuinely have been following and do find interesting and it's just it's been so much easier of a journey it's like incredible how much people will do I think like also I know that when I was a student and people would say just email people and network and talk to as many people as possible I kind of thought where do I find these people who who are you talking about but then you realize that the people in your year group and the people in the year above you and yeah you know with people around you your teachers visiting artists people that you follow on instagram that is your network and it's about like making within that network that surrounds you who are the people that you're interested in within it and it's there will be people that you're interested there's also a big conundrum about um pay because obviously we don't make loads of money at all make very little because we're like start up and whatever and then we obviously want to engage with dancers that we like and that we respect and we want them to feel respected so it's quite a conundrum and i do believe that everyone should be paid but also we we can't pay and we aren't paid yeah so something that we have like we have sort of shifted our viewpoint so for example for saddlers we presented something on the lillian bayless um, which is a great opportunity, you know. People aim to to show something or be on the on the LBS, so it's like it was really exciting. And we wanted to use a group of dancers that was more than ourselves because we obviously only choreograph kind of solely on ourselves because then we control how we're paid and and we we honestly end up undervaluing work, but it's just it removes that element of it. Avoid like exploiting anyone else. Yeah. So obviously the thing was. When we reached out to people, when we made this call out and we sort of, we were tr- we tried to be completely transparent about what it was. It was, we're presenting something for the final selection process of Sadler's Wells and it has got a very, very small budget and we want to use dancers that, we want to make connections with dancers as a young collective and to platform them on the LBS because we also believe that there's a certain type of person that gets to be at Sadler's and that's that's slowly breaking down which is really great and I think that we could be part of that you know like yeah um which is exciting and and so then there's something we, we were like we don't know what to do about this money situation so we thought the best thing that we could possibly do is to be completely transparent now that's not how everyone wants to be 
but we let them know the budget, let them know what we were going to do with the budget, let them know the funding that we were applying for and let them know where that money was going. So for example, we gave everyone per diems, so nobody was, so everybody got money for travel and lunch. Yeah, that's sort of where we're at right now is that we don't want to, um, we don't want anyone to be paying to do our work. Obviously, there's when we have budget, we will absolutely pay dancers and have done. But for that project in particular, we only had enough to really cover travel and food. And that was getting free space as well. Yeah. And that was us all, every single person getting per diems, including us. But then what we did do was we booked a photographer and we guaranteed to the dancers that they would have headshots, individual shots and group shots of this performance. Now, obviously that would work for us, but like me giving Andrea a headshot doesn't actually benefit me in any way. But like we were like, there needs to be incentive, something, you know, and there needs to be respect, like like people giving up their like time and stuff. And we want to work with people. And I think it's a good thing we have to learn. Obviously now I'm in second year, so I've kind of made the decision this year that I'm going to do every opportunity I can regardless if I'm paid or not. Obviously that's like dependent because I'm not I'm not the richest person in the world by any means. But and I think it's interesting to see like when you leave when that shifts because you can get into a bit of a cycle of taking too many things for free and then but then equally there's the other side. I was speaking to someone that works at my school and they were saying like someone at the top of the school a lot of younger people in the industry don't take opportunities because they don't think they're being paid enough. But they're the same opportunities that more advanced people in the industry still are taking. Yeah. And I think that's, I thought that was quite interesting because they were saying like, you know, you've got to know what you're going to get given. And I was saying like, you've got to know your worth as well. Like it's a really difficult balance. And also with the cost of like feeding yourself and having a place to live, it's not just knowing your worth, it's knowing what you actually need to live. List it yeah. as well. I what think you can actually do. That's like there's definitely understanding and also not not creating a cycle where you're going to be defeated. If you're like I only do jobs where I get paid above equity every single time, then you're going to more often not be able to to work as much. And also with the cost of like feeding yourself and having a place to live, it's not just knowing your worth; it's knowing what you actually need to live. List it as well. I think you can actually do. That's like there's definitely understanding and also not not creating a cycle where you're going to be defeated. If you're like I only do jobs where I get paid above equity every single time, then you're going to more often not be able to to work as much. So it's like working at a system not get defeated. But I do like I like we all are like okay. We can also just hold on to systems that don't work for people, especially systems that then don't work. Like dancers being chronically underpaid is not so bad if there's lots of people that are super rich who are then dancers who are chronically underpaid. Yeah. We have to like re- reject the system. Completely. It's the same with teaching styles, you know, Te- teachers treat dancers in a certain way. And maybe dancers 10 years ago didn't didn't speak up then and still don't. But that doesn't then mean that the students currently shouldn't. Like it's... Like there's many systems that need to be broken down in that sense. There's also, as as a dancer, you it is your sort of right and also your responsibility to advocate for fair pay. Yeah, I think that for me personally, the way that I'm navigating that right now is if I'm working for someone who is at a similar level to me, who is being completely transparent about the money that they have and is like minded and is like minded, and you want to work with them as well. You know, even if 
that's for free. If one of my friends is doing a really interesting project, then I want to be involved and would want to be involved in my free time as well, you know? So I think that that is definitely something that you can, is realistic. But then I think it's when you start being offered jobs by companies who are NPO funded, who have Arts Council grants, Mm -hmm. that have been... Got the backing. At that point, you can say, listen, I really appreciate the opportunity. Um... You can you can also say I really appreciate the opportunity. I am going to take it regardless. But if possible, I think I deserve more money for this. Yeah, it goes also. I think there's still advice. It can get a little bit black and white with the way that people talk about funding for dancers, and this is just my opinion as well. And I'm willing to for it to be changed. But I think that it's not as simple as that. And it also, if you're a young or you're, or you're an emerging dance artist that is really passionate and really wants to work, then you're going to want to take the work, even if it's for free. And there's also no shame in that. Like This also does come from a place of acute privilege, though, in an extreme way. Like, we're like, well, we could just do that, but we also don't work full-time jobs. Like, there's people who, to live, have to work. Yes. And we wouldn't do it in our free time if we worked full-time. Do you know what I mean? Like, I can't eat. It's a balance, like it being from a place of privilege for us. But then there's also people with much different levels of privilege. It's just like finding out where you live in that that structure and then looking at people around you and sort of trying to understand each other's perspective and understand perspectives that you don't agree with, you know? Yeah, 100%. And I think that there, there is a lot of major things that needs to happen within the dance industry around pay fair pay and also valuing artists that don't come from wealthy backgrounds um alternative perspectives and yeah yeah sort of any alternative perspective financial or not needs to be valued more within dance i just i think and i completely agree with that i'm just also saying i know that there's a lot of young artists that kind of just feel actually um paralyzed by the pressure to work or not work or dance or not dance or network or not network like I know that that sort of pressure that comes with being in training and any move that you make feels like it could be detrimental detrimental and it's kind of I think I'm just trying to say take the pressure off like if you want to do a project don't feel like you need to sort of cut off your nose to spite your face Thank you for listening to part one of my conversation with Tough Boys Collective. Remember, part two will also be on my page right now, so you can jump over and listen to that. But in the meantime, I hope you enjoyed part one and see you soon.